Welcome to Grow Up, insights on how businesses can use technology to grow better. Please welcome your hosts, Jason Parkinson and Mark Hammer. Hello and welcome to Grow Up, a podcast about using technology to grow better. My name is Jason Parkinson. And I am Mark Hammer. And uh, we're here today to talk about artificial intelligence in SEO. Which is search engine optimization. Zation, zation, zation. <laughs> Yeah, right. A lot of a lot of acronyms flying around. AI and SEO. Yeah, no. But artificial intelligence, super important thing that people are talking about right now. SEO, something that's been changing for a while. And we're going to talk about kind of what that looks like, how artificial intelligence and Google's use of it is affecting how people find you online. So we're going to do that. But first, pardon the disruption. Christy has a look at how technology has disrupted an industry. Christy. Thanks, Jason. Going to the video rental store was a staple of American life. Life, until it wasn't. When streaming video became an option, Netflix wasted little time in prioritizing the service. The rest, as they say, is history. Now people watch movies and shows on Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon. Retail giants like Blockbuster couldn't offer the convenience, pricing, or selection that its suddenly fierce competitors could. Netflix adopted a new technology early and effectively, giving it an insurmountable lead over the old guard. I'm Christy Sparling with another great moment in technology history. Jason? Thanks, Christy. So search engine optimization is constantly evolving, and now it's getting even more complex when we start talking about how artificial intelligence plays in. It is. And artificial intelligence is a great thing. For example, AI helps Siri understand that when I say, give me directions to Junction City, that Mm -hmm. I mean the shopping center Ah. here in the Peoria area (laughs) and not Junction City, Kansas. I think artificial intelligence can be scary. Have you been watching Westworld at all on HBO? (laughs) Man, I don't. But I I know I know it freaks a lot of people out. I, for one, welcome our new machine overlords. And I appreciate you bow down and we'll serve them in the future. I I appreciate the convenience that they bring to my life. I like that they know things. And and that's going to make search a lot easier in Mm. the immediate future. Yeah, so, that's interesting. So search engines used to work on algorithms. Yeah, and they still do somewhat. Yeah, for, for some, yeah, mm-hmm. to to some degree. But algorithms used to be the end-all be-all. Yeah. And it was sort of formulaic. It would just mm-hmm. be pretty paint-by-numbers. Yeah. You would search, there'd be a set criteria that would determine yep. you know, what Google would serve up to you. Yep, and Google would change that algorithm time to time, and people would have to adapt and try and game it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But it wasn't customized. Right. What What artificial intelligence allows for is it allows for your Google results to vary depending on who you are, what your search history looks like, where you are, and those kind of variables. And so it gives you a better experience because you're getting the best answer for you. Mm. Yeah, as the searcher. As the searcher, not just a generic set of answers that Google would serve up to anybody regardless of the context. It makes it more challenging for a marketer, though, right? Like, how are you going to get in front of the eyes of those of those searchers in a world where you've got, you know, a computer making the decision on what's, you know, what's being served up. Right. And so the best approach there is always going to be creating quality content that helpfully answers questions for the people that are in need of your product or service. Yeah. Let's talk about rank brain for a second. I know I'm kind of jumping into this. Um, when I say rank brain, Google, as you probably know, is on the forefront of artificial intelligence and they're using it for all different types of things. And so it makes sense that they would use it for their core business, which is search. And rank brain is a new 
um, contributing factor to this overall Google algorithm where they're using artificial intelligence to not just look at the keywords on your page, but they're actually reading the information, understanding what the substance of the article is about that you've written or what your website page says. And then they're taking that and matching it to the context of the person that's searching. So if somebody is searching for the best you know, taco place, for example, you know, they're typing in, you know, maybe Mexican food. And then Google is assuming that if there is information or awards that have been won or things that they can understand about a website, you know, and where the person has searched. So you've got the company's website, Google's understanding. You've got the context of where somebody is searching, where they're physically standing, where they're what they've searched before, maybe other Mexican restaurants they visited in the past. And all of that, it takes into consideration slams all of that into what they call a black box where Google's artificial intelligence starts to understand the meaning of the search and the meaning of the websites. And then it matches that together and presents this order of results. Yeah, absolutely. And that is why, you know, RankBrain is able to now judge intent. One example of that would be if you searched for Olympic results. Okay. In, you know, in, in the past, that may have been considered a, a long tail keyword. Sure. That uh, company looking to be found for that, whether it was, I don't know, a clothier or a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sports, sports yeah. mm-hmm. site may try to just stuff that particular keyword into the site as many times as possible yeah. to rank yeah. for that particular right, term. Right. But what RankBrain allows for is it can read that intent of that searcher and know, okay, this person is most likely looking for results from the most recent or maybe ongoing Olympic Games. Yeah. They're not going to serve, you know, results about the 1992 Olympic Games. Yeah. No matter how many times somebody that wrote about those games may have included that particular phrase in an article. Yeah. So a a good example of that, um, my garage door broke at my house. It's the uh, the torsion spring. Um, now that you're a homeowner, Mark, you'll start to understand what a torsion spring is. On oh, a, uh, man. If I'm even pronouncing that right. I hope not. I found out that it's the torsion <laughs> spring because I did a lot of Googling to understand here's the symptoms, what's the deal, and then I went and I looked. I'm like, oh, that spring is broken. Okay. And so I needed to find somebody to repair it. Um, if you know me, you know that I am not handy whatsoever. Um, I'm good with my brain, and then it stops there. So... Essentially, the uh, what the search that I did, I was getting ready to type in garage door repair in Peoria. And then I was like, I don't like I don't need to be that specific anymore. And Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people realize that I literally typed in garage door repair and Google smart enough to know where I'm searching. And they served up, um, of course, the first results were ads. So the top two listing were ads. And I scrolled past those because I know better like ads are fine in Google. But I also know that they're not necessarily true search results, like somebody's paying to show me that, right? Right. So then the next section is Google's local map, and there was like three or four listings that it showed me right underneath the map. One is a national company that does garage door repair. Then there's this guy, I'll just say it, give him some free publicity here, Tony's Garage Doors in Pekin, Illinois. Hmm. And just to tell you where we're at geographically, Peoria, Illinois is in the middle of a cornfield, okay? Like, we are about three hours south of Chicago, three hours 
north of St. Louis, three hours from Indy, three hours from Des Moines. We're like right in kind of the geographic center of the Midwest here in Peoria. And, you know, Caterpillar's birthplace, if you're familiar with Caterpillar. Um, but here in Peoria, um, we're really close to this town called Pekin. And Tony's garage door repair in Pekin came up. And right on his site, now, Google knew I was looking at Torsion Spring things okay we have to remember this because i was googling a lot about what was wrong with my garage door right and tony's site has a special right now 230 dollars they'll replace both of my torsion springs on my on my garage i am assuming that's a good deal and i I don't know i didn't even look at any others google served up the result it was like the number two actual result for me and i never typed in what was wrong with my garage door maybe that's a common thing that goes out on garage doors i don't know but i have to think that google understands what I'm searching, what I've previously searched, and how it relates to my future searches. And then on the marketing side, like Tony had this content on his site that was relatively recent because it had, I think the deal expires at the end of June, but it was showing me that, you know, he's got a special on torsion spring repair. Like artificial intelligence matched all that up through Rank Brain. That's the right content at the right time. So how do marketers capitalize on that i mean you can't game that you can't game the system anymore right you can't just load keywords in white text at the bottom of your of your website exactly and it's it's amazing that businesses thought that they were going to get away for like away with that they did for a while they did did for a while but it should have always been known that google is going to constantly improve to serve up the best most relevant possible answer to people searching that's their business yeah. they they want to do that they have to do that sure and so in the end if you create quality content that is clear is not like clickbaity the content actually matches the headline or whatever you choose to name your piece of content mm-hmm. that's going to win the day no matter how many changes seo goes through yeah, it's just got to be helpful and valuable. Yeah, it has to be helpful, valuable, accurate. You know, I look at, I know that the topic of this podcast is not the GDPR regulations in Europe that have gone in, into place around data privacy, but I have to think, you know, marketers have to adapt what they're doing to, you know, to keep people's data protected in in Europe now. It's only a matter of time before that comes to the U.S., and Regardless of the the legality around it or regardless of how Google is matching up search results to the end user, the overall thing here is you want to be honest and you want to be helpful and you want to have quality um, that reflects your brand online just like you would if somebody was to walk in your door or somebody was to pick up the phone and call you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So the days of like trying to game this so that you can show up higher in search results are done. And it is now 100% about how do I, what is the experience I want to give somebody when they come to my website? I want to do, you know, everything that I can to represent my business in the best way. And the rest of it will fall into place. Google will. will figure it out. It will. Google is getting better and better at finding the best content and delivering the best content. And so the, the simple answer to how do you succeed at SEO is create the best content. Yeah. And that that needs to be content that involves, you know, is written ideally by somebody that knows your business, somebody that's going to take the time to uh, build a strategy and execute on that strategy. There is a cottage industry that popped up uh, built to game algorithms, built to, Mm. you know, trick Google. And 
Google was always going to be too smart for that. Yeah. A couple steps ahead. So if there's a if there's a company that you've worked with in the past or worked with now that promise, you know, immediate results and they're going to get you, you know, this ranking and that ranking. Here's the punchline. They're lying. Right. And, <laughs> and make sure and make yeah. sure that you inquire as to how they're going to do it. Right. Because the only true way to do it, it's a it's a slow burn process. Yeah. You build content over time. You build architecture in your site that makes sense and lets Google know that you're an authority on the topics that you want to be a topic about or want to be an authority on. Yeah, no, that's smart. That's smart. Smart way to think. You know, we, we, we're talking a lot about Google. What about Bing? What about Yahoo? What about these other these other search engines? So uh, there are other search engines that exist. No, believe it or not, there's <laughs> there's one called DuckDuckGo. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I like you would that never, one. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I actually like that one too, but you'd never know. The reason that we focus so much on Google is because Google is by far the most used search engine. In fact, 74.5% of people use Google. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. When it's over, you know, it's uh, nearly rather three-fourths, that kind of ends the conversation. It's, of course, worthwhile to keep an eye on the other search engines, but Google is by far the search engine that you should build your SEO strategy around. Yeah, that's a good point. We've got a customer of ours. I won't mention names. We have a customer of ours who uses um, Windows and has a, you know, they're like their default search that's built into their browser. I don't know if they're using the Edge browser or Internet Explorer or what, but it's Bing, right? Like it's it's searching Bing. And of course, Microsoft owns Bing. And so you would expect them to incorporate that into their, their search. But it's always funny when they talk about Bing because they talk about it in terms of like, well, everybody uses Bing because that's what, you know, that's what I use, but you really got to look at the the statistics. And yeah, you, the and, numbers yeah. say that Google is is where you should be putting all of your focus. Yeah, and you've got to build your strategy around that, right? And that's one thing we haven't really talked about on this podcast yet. I mean, we're only in episode two here, but um, you have to be strategic about some of the things that you're doing in your company. Uh, you could spend a ton of money throwing a bunch of different ideas at the wall to see what sticks, or you can be very strategic and say, you know, build a strategy around who is it that I'm trying to attract? How do I best reach them? Maybe your customer base isn't online at all. I find that hard to believe, but you have to understand, like, who is it that I'm trying to attract first? What's the goal I'm trying to achieve? Like, how many new customers do I need? Or right. you know, what does that look like? And then kind of start building a plan around the things that you should be doing to achieve that goal. And uh, SEO is just a small part of the overall you know, picture of what you're doing in, in that marketing space. But it is an important one. Yeah, absolutely. And when we talk about SEO, we are talking about people finding your business uh, through organic search. So that is searching terms around your business. This is not people that are necessarily typing your business name into search or going directly to the address bar and typing in your URL. This is people finding content that you're producing and engaging with your business that way. And it's important to have content that does align with what Google is trying to do. So content that helps, content that answers questions. According to HubSpot, okay. who we work closely with, 47% of buyers viewed between three to five pieces of content before engaging with a sales rep. Wow. So if you're creating content and your SEO strategy is sound, you're giving your potential buyers an opportunity to find that content that you're producing. And the more content that they find, the more helpful your company is able to be, the more likely it is that they'll find that three to five and then engage. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, think about the last time that you personally bought a lawnmower or bought a new vehicle or even something, you know, maybe smaller. Maybe you were shopping for a, you know, a new cell phone. Like you do your research now long before you ever set foot in the store, long before you ever decide to make a purchase. You may go to Amazon and read all kinds of reviews, watch the video that's there, understand, like read through the description and then go and Google other things, go to the company's website. Like you do all of these things and consume that content so that you can be better informed on where you're spending your dollars. Oh, I know that I do. In fact, by the time that I engage with a salesperson, for the most part, my mind is 80% made up. Oh, yeah. I have researched that company thoroughly. Mm -hmm. I know who they are. I know what they offer. I know what their prices are like compared to their competitors. So no salesperson sees or talks to me until I'm pretty much ready to do business. Yeah. And I do like being sold to still. I kind of like that feeling of like, no, like, why should I buy your product knowing that I already know why I'm going to or not? Oh, sure. Buy their product. And a poor sales experience can absolutely break the deal. Yeah. So oh, yeah. so there's still even if my mind is 80 percent make it like made up how your business presents itself once I'm actually in the door or right. actually talking to a representative that matters. matters a lot. Oh, yeah. You can you can uh, unmake my decision for me quickly <laughs> if that experience is bad. I think it's easier to unmake the decision than it is to make the decision now. People are informed. People know what they want. They know how to find the information they want. And it's in your best interest to make sure that your business is somebody that is providing those answers to them. Yeah. Make it easy. Make it easy for your potential buyers to learn about your business. Yeah. So and you true. do that with a strong SEO strategy. And that strong SEO strategy is going to hinge on content that Google's going to like. And if you produce quality content, Google's going to like it. Yeah. And artificial intelligence at Google's going to understand it. Exactly. Yeah. So 10 second takeaway, Mark. What could people take away today in 10 seconds that, you know, something they should maybe do in their own business? You want to create content that is high quality, that does answer those questions. And so when somebody goes to search for whatever that question is around your industry, you're going to be one of those results. Mark Hammer, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jason Parkinson. This is the Grow Up Podcast. If you've got questions, you want to submit a question to us or follow along or get more information, more in-depth info on the topic of artificial intelligence and SEO, you can visit onefire.com slash grow up. Look forward to talking to you next week where we're going to discuss augmented and virtual reality for marketing. Thanks for listening to Grow Up. For more information about the topics discussed in today's show, visit onefire.com slash grow up. This has been a One Fire production.